What's up, everybody? It's Joel Puma. You were listening. You were watching the Complex Sneakers show. As always, I'm joined by my two friends, my two co-hosts. First off to my right, Mr. Matt Welty. Rainy day outside. You brought the Arcteryx inside. I had to. Your boy PG, you know, when we did the key art, I had the Supreme soft shell. Wow, this is a record for a PG, yeah, I know, PG but mention within I know, the first minute of I've the been, program. Go ahead. I've been pretty positive with him lately. You know, we did the key art. You guys see. Also, I have the Supreme shell. He's like, really wearing a jacket inside? Hey, PG. No one asked you. To my left. But but he would be the one to know because he's never outside. He's always oh. inside, you know? <laughs> okay. That's PG, how about you come on this program and say it to our face? Look, buddy. I just did the Dwayne Wade alley-oop to him. Uh-huh. To, to my guy, the, the, the Wade LeBron alley-oop. To my left, Hello. Mr. Brendan Dunn. He's back. You from- call me the LeBron James of the sneaker media game? Your words, not mine. Say, Just kidding, they I were my it, words. If I said it, I meant it. If I said it, I meant it. Bite my tongue for no one. Absolutely. He's back from Atlanta. Hi. Rained all weekend in New York City. June Still raining. June. Huh? From June to June? Yes. Did you uh, get the lemon pepper wings at Magic City? <sighs> I was not at Magic City. Okay. I was in Atlanta. I did have some lemon pepper wings. All right. From where? JR Crickets. Classic spot. Smashed them in the hotel room right before I ran back to the airport. I love that. Thank you, Joe. I love that. Did he hit Gus's? No? No, I had some biscuits, though. It did was you a nice hit weekend. Up, did you hit up Dave Matthews while you were in his town? <laughs> did you check in with Dave Matthews? Actually, like, no, did, I, okay. I neglected to. Did you get a recommendation from Trinidad James? No, happy birthday, Trinidad. Uh, this uh, Yesterday was his birthday. Happy belated Trinidad. Yeah, m- many, many days later when you're hearing this podcast. But yes. um, I was with, man... Wow, we, I don't know how deep I want to go on sneaker media talk because it's so insidery. But I was with our dear friend Ian Stonebrook. Shouts to Ian Stonebrook, good dude. Oh, the best. One of my favorite people. Just such a genuine, genuine guy and a person who's created a lot of memorable sneaker content. In Love his that many dude. years in the game. So deep in this as well that he knew the trivia. He's like, hey man, is it Dave Matthews from Atlanta? Yeah, <laughs> is it producer Dave Matthews? Shouts from to Atlanta? Ian Stonebrook. You Love already you, know Ian. how I always, feel about always. you, brother. And man. I was watching him warm up in the gym when we were at the Anthony Edwards Adidas event, and he did not miss once. Buckets? Weddy. Okay, what about you, though? He did not miss once. I did not shoot once. Okay. Did you say... Uh, did you even step foot DMP? The... Did not play? <laughs> yeah, okay, exactly. they gave you a DMP? Yeah. Listen, yeah. I always say, this is, this is what I would always say, it's mm. better for us to sit out mm-hmm. where we don't want to be embarrassed mm-hmm. on these press trips. So, I, you know, sit out, do, do your thing. It's better than, than you know, you representing the team. In Atlanta, Yavin Stonebrook, just like Larry Bird out there. Yes. Right? And yes. then we have you. We don't need you got tarnishing. The, 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 the because the trade, let me tell you. Well, let me tell you. Some of the complex basketball teams in the past that played in these tournaments, mm-hmm. like I always said, I would show up. Oh, yeah. I think we have a good shot. Did you ever see the Office episode of basketball? When, yeah. Okay. It was like that. So, <laughs> so I'm going to thread the needle. Please. Crazy on this one, right? Okay. So, so the scene. Drake. Airball, right, at the University of Kentucky, where our friend Joe from Oneness, Kentucky. Okay, let's see here. This is the this is the board with all the sticky notes, and okay. he's, he's yeah, he to the dots. Me. He, uh, I, I checked my mentions. He hits me. He goes, "How come you're not talking about the biggest sneaker moment of yesterday?" And it was. Taylor Swift wearing the New Balance 550s at the Kansas City Chiefs game. Okay, Whoa, so I, I missed that. that. No, I saw huge. so many. Obviously, wow. we saw so much Taylor Kelsey stuff in the past 18 hours. Yeah. I did not see that. She wore white and red New Balance. Do you flag. have a photo? 
I mean, that's a white girl Hall of Fame sneaker, so it's only wow. right that their that their queen puts those on, right? Okay. That, the that, that's the most fitting shoe I can imagine. Yeah. Unless unless this. she's stepping out in the dirty white Air Force Ones. Text me. Uh, text text me that right now. If you well, can. did you feel anything when you, you saw that? that I didn't. I didn't realize it till I didn't see it till this morning. So, um, but big th- sneaker moment. Is it one of the? Is, you're saying that's a sneaker moment of the year? No, no you're no, definitely no. going to tweet that very yes, soon. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> he, he may be tweeting it right now. Look, he's on his he's Live. on his phone. Tweeting, yeah. I texted it to both of you guys. Thank, Thank you. you for that. I did a little traveling myself. Kip Toronto opening. Yeah, how was yeah, that? It was good. I was there 20 hours. Saw a lot of people. Fun time. Great store. Had my New Balance 1700s on. Yeah, yeah another one for Ronnie, and and I had a good time. Oh, I like the white and red pair. Which pair? Is, which pair? Of the New I Balances wore all red. Have? I like the yeah. white and red, but I know you're not a white. But oh, yeah. wait, 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 hold oh. on. You said you like a white shoe. I, I do like the white and red, <laughs> but I, I you know I, I go more towards uh, all red. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. I found some sort of little uh, subtle irony, or just laughing in my head about it, that they they do the two Canada shoes, yeah. for the Toronto opening, Kith New Balance seventeen hundreds, and then they don't do a Made in USA. Well, it's fitting, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's okay, like, it's yeah. Like, it's like, it's like, I'm it's, sure that was intentional. It's like subtly funny. Caught up with my my guy Marcus Troy, original OG, original OG influencer. Mm-hmm. Also, fun fact: I said on this podcast before, he's the one who held me down with the black and pink easy ones. Very important, huge. That's a big. That's you know. That's you a big JLP those. sneaker. But yeah, moment. great to catch up with him and and others. So one huge thing I saw this weekend, and wealthy. I know you'll be interested in this. Um, is I know this will excite you, but I saw Joe posted a photo of his shoe bag. Oh yes. And that's like you, a big thing. You right? had to run it back, right? Yeah, we're to I know that's back. like big the JLP big JLP shoe bag. Yeah, power was belt. that exciting for you? I know that's yes. like that's more exciting for you than like signature basketball stuff. No, it is. And stuff. Yeah. Did, were belt. you excited when you saw that? His yeah. photo of his shoe bag? But people did agree with me though that uh <laughs> that what? It's it's good sometimes to cut through the nonsense and not hype up things that don't matter. <laughs> okay. Also also someone JL, big JLP shooed me in in person. I wasn't yeah. ready for it. Wow. I had the uh You were Cortez, taking it back? Cortez 95s on. Yeah. Uh, Are you pulling up the message right now? Cortez, saying I had you were the Cortez right? 95s on, <laughs> black and pink, and I was in the Kit Toronto store, mm-hmm. and someone was like, big JLP shoe, and I was taken back. I only see comments, <laughs> and I'm only used to it from this guy, but I was a little taken aback. So okay. big JLP shoe, IRL. Thank you for the support, everybody. I also have another random anecdote I want to bring. I know you have your list here, but I checked, you know, Facebook memories sometimes. It's like five years, <laughs> ten years. Uh-huh. First of all, some of those Facebook wall posts I had. Didn't, so, we didn't need to see those. So <laughs> we didn't need to see those again. <laughs> cringy. So cringy. Mm-hmm. The other funny thing that I was doing was reporting like I was Woj to Facebook, uh, <laughs> like wall posts. Like, um, you already got the news off at ESPN, but you're yeah, just it because on your... I was like, I was yeah, working LeBron, LeBron to Miami, exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like that, exactly. <laughs> but like across music, but five years ago today, 2018, there was a shoe of the year was mm-hmm. the thing. You were still posting. No. <laughs> shoe of the year, and I, I was thought you were going to say this was a like, bit older than us. I thought you were going to say this. Was, no, I thought you were going to say this was like 2009. <laughs> no, I was still posting shoe of the year 2018, mm-hmm. and I had the acronym Prestos on. It was funny that that popped up today because someone in Toronto said, what's the most comfortable shoe that you've worn like recently? Mm-hmm. Do you have that answer right away? It took me a while, which is interesting. I don't have that answer right away. I think it's just New Balances in general. 992, 990 V3 or something like that. Is it crazy that I said the one that sticks out and it's only because I wore them and beat them, but they were so 
comfortable was the black gray Akron Impresto. By the time years of really? wear, details were like yeah. falling off, but it was such a slip. That was like the most comfortable shoe I wore for that I that sticks out in recent memory where it's like up here as this is by far the shoe that slipped in and out and wore forever. I'll say this, I can't necessarily concur with you. I've owned many pairs of Akron Impressos but ended up reselling them all, but it is still a very fitting answer because if you remember the history on the original Nike Air Presto, they wanted to call it the Air Comfy. T-shirt for your feet. Yes, exactly. Somebody else had the rights to that name and Mark Parker suggested at one point, I think, can we just buy the company so we can name the shoe that? But they they ended up calling it the Presto. But still quite comfy. It's gray outside. You thought his knowledge was going to be gray on a Monday morning? Look at that. Shining bright. Look at it. What was that, <laughs> is a this another from, Is that a chapter from Shoe Dog? Just <laughs> rattled that off? Air comfy? No, but it is in the complex sneaker of the yearbook. Yes, it is. It's still one of, one on, of those shoes I just never- On ne- Amazon? Never saw. In bookstores. I don't know. Just never saw it on it. You, the Nike Air Presto? No, acronym. Presto. You didn't like acronym it? Presto? I don't hate the shoe. Right. I, like, I'm not putting out the, like, oh, I hate that shoe. But <laughs> when it came out, no, like no, 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 hold on. It's one of those things. When it came out, yeah. everyone's like, oh, sneaker of the year, sneaker of the year. And I'm just like. Sody. Eh. You know when you see sneaker of the year, uh, you know, uh, at least in, no, in your own mind, you get that feeling. You're like, this is the sneaker of the year. It mm-hmm. instantly, like, strikes it you. It clicks. I never got that feeling even remotely with that shoe. I thought it was an okay shoe, but yeah. I just never understood why people were like, this is the best sneaker I've ever seen. And I should clarify, there was obviously two sets of them. Yes, so the, the, black, the first set, right? The, mm-hmm. the first set I wore a lot, but the black and gray, the second set I wore even, the most. The black and gray one, are we willing to say maybe the biggest JLP shoe in terms of wear? I think so. Of all time? <laughs> wore them. A ton. The thing, half the design, like I say. Yeah. I know you I know you love that shoe, but do you think that that shoe held up to the standard of Sneaker of the Year all these years later? Not saying that it was Sneaker of the Year that year, but... It was the olive one that year. Was it like an elite... Do you think it's still like an elite shoe that... I think it's still an elite shoe. I think that silhouette doesn't look great right now, but I would have to consider what else was in the running. That was 2018. Pretty sure, yeah. Sorry, I don't mean I don't mean it like that. I don't mean versus the other stuff, but just is it still a great design all yeah. these years later? I think so. And I think the Presto is a sneaker that hasn't been celebrated in our kind of hype circles as much as it should be. And so for that reason, I think it's good to have a spotlight on it. And I'm I like Errolson Hughes' work in general. The olive one to clarify was twenty sixteen and okay. then the second set was twenty eighteen. Okay, got keep, it. Keep us honest with that. Yes, please. Something the flag. I have to um, raise my hand. I think I may have made a mistake on here last week, but I need some help clarifying it as okay. well. Joe, if you could pull up an image of the shoe. Got Remember it? those Nike Air Footscape Wovens I had on? I thought that was a cow print. Somebody said it's actually it looks more like a giraffe print, and I don't know how well I can discern the difference between them. I've heard everyone say cow print. Okay, are we calling First that? First thing in Google is cow print. We're yeah. calling it cow print. Cow or giraffe print. I've heard everyone in Instagram, say cow. Let me check. Please, please. Let me check my data. <laughs> offspring, offspring HQ. Uh-huh. Cow or giraffe print with the sneaker in question. Yeah, they're, which they're, Ronnie they're was wearing the whole weekend. Do you think I set the tone for that? People are here. Sorry to all the giraffe heads. This is a cow print woven, and I've got mine locked off already. Says Mrs. Streets, lowercase p. I tr- okay, we got to <laughs> trust. trust. The streets. I trust. Okay, the streets. we yeah. got to well, trust. Also, and I want to put the photo of this in here, but. The panels on them look kind of different from, yeah, yeah. from piece to piece, so I was I a little I was a little confused. That, yeah. But okay, maybe maybe I didn't make a mistake. Then. Okay, one shoe that people said was a big JLP shoe, which I was <laughs> confused because I, I'm not saying that it. I feel like it's much more my shoe, mm-hmm. 
Was the upcoming Stone Island New Balance 991 V2? No. Not a JLP shoe. No. Not even a JLP shoe, let alone a big one. It's not. You wouldn't wear that shoe? I don't think so. I think, I think that people not, are just, it's, it's just a black shoe. It's an all black shoe. And so people think. And here's the thing the thing about the JLP shoe, we've already mentioned it a lot this episode, but sometimes we surprise you because you know what is? The what? Salehi Bembury New Balances that he previewed. Yeah. The bright colors, I like them. That's keep another them, 1906, right? Yeah. Keep them guessing a little bit. You know, it has a color scheme that reminds me a tiny bit, not the same of Spider Man. Spider Man is what the internet was saying, but the bright neck breaker, the um, Solomon you, AC, ACSs. Okay. 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 Wealthy, are you a fan of those? No. Latest I, and I'll say, not I, really. No? No. Uh, Why not? I really like the. the Salehi 1906 that came out that they got previewed before that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. almost that like rocket pop ish colorway that's like the or it's like the yellow orange red looks like a popsicle mm-hmm. um I like those I feel like Salehi with New Balance at least for me he's on like it's like an every other shoe like pattern where it's he'll do a colorway that or model that I really like mm-hmm. and then he'll do a colorway that I it's there's something about some of the color combinations that's just I've really thought about this over the weekend that's oh. like jarring to me. This one is very jarring. It's like a Spider-Man in a purple soul or a maroonish soul, and just something about the color combination like doesn't put me at ease. Uh, I, th- I thought the same thing about the 2002 R's. I know those people are like those are their favorite shoes. That yeah, he and had it, done. The, the 2002 R had such a moment after that. Yeah. The way New Balance started producing. And I, and I totally, I trust me, I totally understand how his shoes were big and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Those two colorways just aren't for me. This colorway isn't for me as well. So it's, it, it, it goes back and forth where it's like one shoe I really like that he does and then yeah. one shoe that I just, it's just not for me. When you say jarring. Yeah. Do you go like that? You see it on Instagram like that or what? It's just like you just look at <laughs> it. it jarring a little? It's just you look at it and there's something like, I don't, you know, like colored combinations yeah. can either put you at ease yeah. or something about it is just a little like. They bring you either pleasure or pain. Yeah. And something <laughs> something, right? about, something, yes, about, something about it just doesn't uh, do it for me. Joe. Okay. Uh-oh. What? When you say Joe, something serious is coming. You told what? me this in confidence, but I want to know if we can discuss it on here. What? Are you in a heated bidding war for a sneaker right now? A certain sneaker that would match the blue Arc'teryx jacket you're yes, wearing? Yes, and it's getting annoying because... Can we talk about it? Sure, but... Let's choose it. It's the blue, a cold wall. <laughs> let me tell you, here's another thing. You're putting in bids frantically on StockX trying no, to secure No, but let me tell you what's happening. Two things. One... I must have talked to this guy a lot. This weekend, I, I feel like I, I have so much. <laughs> don't apologize. I feel like I have so much to catch up with him about you two. But I realized no, I've we talked about literally every single thing. Yes. Okay. So what's happening with this? A lot of times, I just buy now. Mm-hmm. Can we say on StockX? Yeah. Okay. I'm in a bidding. It's not a war. It's not a bidding war. I think it's the seller contacting me. A mere skirmish. They keep going down like a dollar a dollar. <laughs> And I'm like, I love hey. to do that on I'm StockX. Like, I love to do you? that. Is it you? <laughs> Sam, if it's him, tell me. It better not be him. Unmasked. It's, but listen, can you turn off notifications? Yes, you can. You can? I hope you get one right now. <laughs> well, I'm going to get just, a lot. He's just Wait, adjusting? Hold on. It's not, it's not a cold wall. It's a cold war. <laughs> okay. So listen. Yes. Listen, listen. And uh, they're just going down on their ass by $1 each time. <laughs> Look at all these notifications. Are 
But let me let me ask you this: Are you responding in kind? Or are you just doing one dollar up on your bid? Or you'll, you'll like go this. up a little higher increments? Ten toes down, staying firm. Stonewall right Joe. Stonewall Joe. They know it's yes. you, Joe Lapuma. I don't know. I don't know if they do, but look, I'm holding my ground. They're probably gonna win because I'm getting over it. <laughs> yeah, those look. Okay, I'm holding my ground. I'm holding those my th- ground. And listen, not that this is some for anyone out there who may get into a bidding war with me. Not, mm-hmm. I'm not showing my hand. I'm not, you know, my tell. I have no tells in poker. Mm-hmm. The only tell I have in poker is I can't sit still for that long. So I usually just go all in. <laughs> Wait, even you if can't I'm winning. sit still? Even, even when I'm winning, I just go all in yeah. because I'm over it. But my, te- I have no tells on StockX. Having said that, they're beating me down. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to lose this one. But if the weekend I'm in Tara, this well notification. And then I keep looking. I'm like, oh, what? One thir- down, $30? One dollar they're going down. Yeah, yes. I, I'm the person on the other end of the transaction. Oftentimes, who will be doing that? Like, I don't care. I, you, you know, I'll troll what a, all day. Look at it. Okay. But just remember, God gives His Fucking toughest Ken battles. Ken Golden over here bidding to His strongest soldiers. Want to get that line clean though? Salute. No, I okay. love it. I okay. love it. I um, hope I didn't step on it. I, I heard the greatness. I saw. I saw. <laughs> like, I saw those in women's sizes. Someone had posted it online uh, over the weekend. The blue, yeah, like, cold wall. Yeah, they look they look pretty good. I think that that sold me on it. Sometimes when you see them in the smaller sizes, you're like, oh, that looks that, that looks much better. One shoe that I have like lately, I know I'm always been saying as of late, not into dunks as much anymore. Not totally. a dunk hater, but just I think we're all kind of over it to some extent. Uh, those Albino and Preto Nike SB. Dunks. The jujitsu one. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, I don't do jujitsu, so I'm not like super amped about it, but I saw those, the little rollout they did with it. The shoe wears yeah. away. It has different colors of the the BJJ belts that you yeah. can accumulate. They did a ad campaign with it where they got P-Rod in the, it's mm-hmm. like the material, the gi that you yeah. wear in jujitsu. P-Rod's kind of screwing around a little bit and gets thrown to the, to the ground. Mm. I think they look good because it's like it's a shoe that's not super hype, so people may actually skate in it. And the wearing away to it, I don't know, it just looks cool to me. Yeah, I'm excited about those as well. I'm not going to wear them, but I like mm-hmm. to know the background on them a bit. Especially Bryce Wong designed them. Used to be at Nike SBs, moved over to Nike Virtual Studios now, but he's very into jujitsu. So just seeing those connections and how an idea like that can come to fruition is cool. Yeah, and there's been so many SBs lately where I can't even differentiate yeah. them. Where it feels like the last. Th- I mean, of course. Born and Raised recently came yes. out. That's probably yeah. probably got it wrong. Born and Raised is the best one this year, not just because of the meaning behind it, but that shoe mm-hmm. looks great. But second best to me is this Albino Impreto. Also, I want to give a quick PSA on the Born and Raised dunk. It looks like they are only coming out in the U.S. at Born and Raised and not at any skate shops, okay. which is exactly how we told you on this program a couple months ago that it would go down. So we, go. we do keep receipts. Wealthy, what about the new... Kyrie Anta logo. You pointed this out. Oh yeah, it looks like the Cotton Mouth Kings. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, an early two thousands throwback. All time for... bad brand mark for sure. Right. Not too much else we need to say on that. No. <laughs> Should we bring on our guest? Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm gonna preface this. Drop the purple hearts in the comments. If mm-hmm. you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Drop some purple hearts in the comments. It's time. As a young talent in the industry, our guest on today's podcast held brand marketing positions at Nike, Adidas, and Saucony. 
after leaving those brands and going out on his own, he celebrated entrepreneurs on his claim of stories podcast and became one himself. The podcast, which highlights creatives of color and how they succeed within the verticals of sports, pop culture, style, and sneakers is a must listen for industry insiders and those with like-minded career aspirations. This week is a tempult moment for Clayma, as tomorrow on September 30th marks the release of the Clayma Seat X Saucony 3D Grid. Here to talk about that collaboration and more, please welcome our friend, Bima Williams. Bima, welcome. What's up? What's up? Came from Detroit. Came from I didn't Detroit. mention it in the intro. Congratulations. Picked up a trophy out there? Yeah. Uh, I did. I did. Shout out to James Whitner. James um, Whitner presented him Entrepreneur of the Year Black Footwear Forum in Detroit. Congrats, man. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. It, it meant so much coming from James, you know. James has been killing it for years, man, and um, he's been a great mentor and so forth to come from him. It was pretty special. Awesome. How was that event out there in Detroit? Man, it was crazy. Like, also, I hadn't spent that much time in Detroit. So to be able to go to Detroit and, like, be able to, like, be there with so many different, like, black professionals in mm -hmm. the industry. And plus, I hadn't been in the industry, like, per se, on the corporate side for, like, three years now. And so I hadn't seen a lot of those people oh, in three years. So to see them all in one place was really dope. And to see what Dwayne's been building with Pencil. Yeah. Um, I mean, he went from Portland. Now he's got 460,000 square feet. And he's in, like, one of the old, like, automotive Buildings so the so. pencil school is in Detroit now. It's in Detroit now. Yeah, so it's uh it's great. You know, we saw Jason Maiden, saw saw James, you saw uh, Chris Wright, saw a lot of different people. June was out there. Shout out to June. Uh, Jazzy Jeff did a whole set. All of our friends. Nice. <laughs> a lot of a lot of complex show alumni too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was a lot of people out there. So it was good. Did you eat a Coney hot dog? I didn't eat a Coney hot dog. I thought about it. I should have done it in your honor. When he goes out of town, he just immediately searches for the glizzies. <laughs> he's on glizzies. Is that your go-to? No. No. no, but they're known for, they're known for it. Yeah, what do you yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Detroit. Detroit. Oh, Detroit. Yeah, has like, two, meant, like wealthy right. was. Like not, mm -hmm. Nah, like, he's known for it too. We all are. Yeah, but glizzy hunting? Uh, <laughs> um, we went to, you know, we went to Sweetwater. We went to Sweetwater Tavern, and we had the wings. Yeah. Okay. The wings there are crazy. So if you go to Detroit... Sweetwater Tavern, get the wings. I was in Atlanta doing lemon pepper. Yeah, I, I saw you. You's <laughs> all over the ground. Always mixy ass. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, he is, though. He is. You should have saw him at the Nike event, too. Oh, you know? That's why we're here. Guilty. Good for you. Guilty. Bima, can we talk about the sneakers we have on feet? Because yours Ooh. are particularly important today. Yeah, we could talk about them. Yes. I'm in the uh, 3D Grid Hurricane, the, the Claim a Seat, Claim a Version. Uh, your this first sneaker, sneaker collab? is our first sneaker collab. Super excited. They come out on uh, September 30th. It's tomorrow. A Saturday. So they're coming tomorrow. Yep, tomorrow. So definitely claimastories.com. Go pick them up. Uh, you know, what I love about this shoe is it's actually designed by a black designer named John Acevedo. Mm. And I didn't know that when we selected this shoe at the time. Initially, I saw this shoe when I was gone from Saucony. Jason had just gotten to Saucony. And I was like, you should totally bring these out. There's nothing like this in a catalog, but I'll back off. I won't be like the, the old dude trying to tell you to, to do these things. Mm -hmm. And when I saw him at ComplexCon 2021, he was like, actually, we're bringing them back. And he's like, what you trying to do? And I was like, what do you mean what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to do the sneaker. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to do. <laughs> um, but then uh, on LinkedIn, it was actually the bodega version of the shoe had released and John Acevedo posts them online. He's like, thank y'all for, you know, working on, on my sneaker. And I was like, John, I just saw you the other day on mm. North Williams in Portland. And I was like, you didn't bring any of this up. And so that's how I found out it was his sneaker and it just he made did, it. He designed the original. He, he designed the original. Wow. He designed them by hand. He had a last and he was cutting out parts and piecing them together. 
on the shoe. That's nuts. Crazy. You know what's crazy? <laughs> this is this is like my brain working in weird tangential mm-hmm. ways. But I thought for some reason in my head, and it's not the story I'm guessing, but because it's a 3D grid hurricane. Yeah. You're from Louisiana. Louisiana. It's like LSU colorways and that for some reason i like put all those like pieces together that he's trying to tell the story behind it but it's a lot of a lot of subtleties in there but you're right like that was the Many other thing dimensions. that stuck out yeah, yeah more than three it. more than three <laughs> <laughs> but the the hurricane you know i'm from louisiana uh we dealt with our fair share of hurricanes mm-hmm. right and but i think it's made our city and our people very resilient right yeah. like you go to new orleans you're like why are people still here you know there's another hurricane coming, but everybody always comes back, you know, because it's, it's home. And so when I, I saw that, I was like, yeah, we we have to do this. There's so much that just speaks back back to home. And then, of course, you know, like purple is a part of it. That's not necessarily why we chose purple for the brand, but it is definitely a call back to, to a lot of the creatives back home. It's just more so like I've been gone for 10 years, but I still represent where I'm from. And so it's a, and it's a nice little nod back home. Another interesting tidbit about that shoe the 3d grid i remember talking to jay festino obviously at saucony when that shoe first started to roll out i go wait did you know about this and there was a picture of bill clinton running in the three in the 3d i had seen that that for real yeah because there's all those you know there's all those pictures of him like running in the new balance spotting and stuff yeah Yeah, Yeah, for sure and he was running in like the white and blue version of that shoe back in the day when it first came out i did see denzel you need to do like fat joe exactly (laughs) (laughs) all of a sudden fat joe last week maybe Had had a pair of these, an OG pair of these. Look yeah, at I them. didn't know. Bill Bill's the real OG influencer. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and this is actually a sample pair, right? Yeah, this is just a sample pair. So you know, it's it's, it's rainy out here in New York, so I wasn't gonna step out in my fresh pair. So I've been wearing the ones I've been wearing for like the past six months. Sacrificing them, nice. Okay, <laughs> I am doing a rainy day sneaker as well. This is the Adidas Special Moundfield Two. It's kind of a big JLP shoe because it's a triple black, but it's also like a it. big Matt Wealthy yeah. shoe because it's an Adidas Special. Right. And it's a little bit of a big Brendan Dunn shoe because it's a ten and a half instead of my true ten. So checking a lot of boxes. It's literally a today. big. It's like a Look, big check shoe every on box. your foot. Him, me, to him, to him. I'm doing the Inter Milan Air Max 97. Friends and families? Not the friends and families. These are the uh, regular version. Yeah. Hard shoe. Love them. I, I know I disappointed Beam. I was wearing Sockenies yesterday in the rain. <sighs> How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Another rainy, rainy day shoe. These are the Adsum Merrells. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And Still approved in a, in a Wolverine yeah. hub. All in the family. <laughs> looks like he's ready to take on any uh, any Mother Nature four set that comes his way. <laughs> and we re- recently found out, too, that Wolverine makes the suede for New Balance. Yeah. Wolverine Silky Suede. Yeah. So that's what that's what I put on these. Oh, <laughs> it's the a best specific suede. suede, silky suede. It's a, it's a specific suede in the catalog, and arguably, I say it's the best suede in the catalog. Just to say, so anybody going to do collabs or do projects, go ask them for the Wolverine silky suede. Okay. If you don't know, don't let them bring you a different supplier. I'm telling you, it's the best. Well, you heard it. Wow, <laughs> this is real industry insight. Yeah, this listen, a, this is an insider it's a gem. episode. Just saying, it's more expensive, but it's it's the best. <laughs> you got a big weekend ahead of you. Yeah, man. Um, I I was I was telling Welty, um, I guess I'm a little bit crazy because I put a lot of things on this weekend. So, mm-hmm. you know, we got the the launch event on the 29th, which is my birthday. Um, so, so Joe's gonna miss my birthday. I'm no sorry. shade. I'm sorry. Um, but then the launch is Saturday, so tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then, um, man, then I'm doing a marathon 
that Sunday. Wow. So we, you know, it's a three-peat weekend. Let's Did you go. ever run in the East, um, what's it, sorry, the uh, Coast to Coast? Hood oh, to coast. oh, hood to coast. coast. Hood to coast. Did, you, did you ever run in the hood to coast with him? No, I didn't run with him, but I've done it. I've done it twice. Yeah. Did you run past him or? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> saw him going along down the road. And saw him. <laughs> okay. I want no shade. I'm not. I'm not matching mile times. Okay. I think Brendan's got me anyway. No oh. way. Maybe. No way. Maybe. You're a track star. Nah. I'm a retired did you run track? track star. I did. What well, uh, distance? Yeah, I was a middle distance runner. I was an 800 meter runner, but I didn't run in college. I ran all the way up to college. I did elementary to college. I mean, to high school, and in college, I decided to drink. And, you know, all right. I was <laughs> a miler. I was a miler. 800, a little too fast for me. He was a miler. Yeah. Why didn't I know these things? Yeah, the best mile ever ran Armory 449. You were 449. Yeah, indoors. So Kipchoge he could do numbers. the Kipchoge challenge. <laughs> The what? <laughs> we were talking about this. Do you want to tell him real quick? You can do the Kipchoge challenge. So you can get on the treadmill. They set it to his marathon time, his mm -hmm. mile pace. Okay. And it's trying to see how long you could do it. Trying to see if you can last for a mile. You think you can last for a mile right Absolutely now? Not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Listen, I put the incline on very slow speed. I get off there. I have Achilles problem for a week. So, no, I cannot do that challenge. You're going to crumble the midsoles just from the force of the calves. Just on me, the and the, me and the No, me and the Air Max 270 on the treadmill trying no. to do oh, this no. challenge. No, no, no. 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 Don't, don't do it to yourself, please. Don't wear an Asics. Good. Bima, what I want to talk to you about is like before even like uh, he kind of put me on to, to you and we got familiar. And then, you know, obviously throughout the years we did stuff together. We, yep. did, we did at Complex Con. One thing that stuck out to me that I always loved is like people from Portland would hit me up about you. Hmm. Uh, and it was people who I really, really respected. Jesse. Yeah. And John Wexler. Yeah. And it kind of like your career kind of started around those brands, you would say. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and across different brands. What was it like coming up and working at like Nike and then. And, and you worked at Adidas as well? Yeah, yeah. I worked so, at both. So, what experiences were it like as a young person? Right in the epicenter of Portland. Man, it was crazy, especially because I didn't know that existed, you know, prior to, right? And I think that's the difference that people don't realize when you you get in the industry is like, you're either going to Boston or you're either going to Portland mm -hmm. because that's where the brands are. And so when you're in, down in Louisiana, you can't bump into a senior executive walking down the street in Portland. And that's what would happen all the time, right? And so like, Wex and I are, are good friends now. Mm -hmm. Like I go to his house, we have coffee, we chill, whatever, you know, shoot the shit. Um, but like, that's the thing that I think is so important. But as far as working at the brands, like yeah. when I got to Adidas in 2017, how like, old were you? I was goodness. I was 30, 31. Okay. Yeah. So like, we're talking like Adidas is booming at this time. Mm -hmm. And what's crazy about it is I remember when I was leaving Boston and I was talking to Jay Gordon at Bodega and I was like, Hey Jay, I'm gonna go, you know, do the thing. And, and you were like, at Saucony. I was at Saucony at the time. Yeah, okay. living in Boston, right? working at and, Saucony. Um, at Saucony, I, I left Saucony as a business unit manager. I was the youngest business unit manager. I was overseeing our lifestyle business. It was about 50 million at the time. And so I left to go to Adidas and Jay was like, sure you want to do that? And I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. I was like, you know, I'm young. I wanted something bigger. I wanted to just have a, a bigger brand presence. Um, and he was like, just be careful. He's like, just be careful. You never know what happens over there. Okay. <laughs> so Meaning I, what? <laughs> okay. It, uh, in the sentiment of a lot of retailers, they feel like Adidas goes through cycles. Mm -hmm. And the, the sentiment is that, um, you know, they haven't been the number one brand. And so usually when they have a hot streak, and they always have a hot streak, mm -hmm. retailers feel like they dropped the ball. They can't hold on to the lead a little bit, you mean? Yeah. Okay. 
my theory was being a big Adidas fan uh, that the brand got hot, you know, like mm-hmm. 2013, 2014, like right end of 2013, Stan Smith, yeah. NMD, Yeezy, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And they go on a massive growth spurt, not Crazy. just not just sales wise, but internally. Yeah. They like tri- triple the, or not, I don't triple, but like <laughs> hire so many people. There yeah. was a story that came out. There wasn't enough parking spaces in Portland for the employees. <laughs> That's true. We were parking in the neighborhood. Yeah. And <laughs> there was trouble for that. But did you feel like there that the company just grew so fast and hired so many people that it almost like lost its way or they didn't n- understand the culture of the company or... I. I, mean, I don't know. I think it's like you have so many different things happening, right? You got the 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 global headquarters is in Germany, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And so that's already a different cultural yep. um, uh, kind of uh, system of, mm-hmm. of being, right? And then you have this office in Portland that's North America driven. Yeah. It's a whole different set of priorities. And so when you're growing, it's it it's got to be a bit of a, a disconnect. But you know they were doing all that they could to try to wrangle it in and, and bring everyone together. But it was just so much happening at once. Yeah. It's kind of hard to imagine, like, how do you keep your hand on all of this good stuff happening? Um, but you got to pace yourself. And, I did, you know, when you think about other brands like Patagonia, they intentionally slowed their growth because they were like, we want to sustainably grow over the next, I don't know, 100 years, I think is in an interview Yvonne Chouinard said. Um, and so it's just a different practice. But, yeah, when I was heading over, that was, you know, that was the sentiment from Jay, but I didn't experience any of the downturn. I was only a part of a lot of the up because I was there from 17 to 19. Um, not many people know this, but I was, I was, I would say I was working on the black ops team. Special projects is what we usually say, okay. but I went there to work on Yeezy. And so when I was working on Yeezy, I'm in the, in the morgue, you know, we don't really have much access to the rest of the brand. We got access to the board leadership, and then we're kind of flying all over the place, but that's why I went and, you know, the team I was working with, incredible people, you know, Wex, Rachel Muscat, um, Ray Boyd, you know. Shouts to Ray Chris Boyd. McLean. Ray Boyd, <laughs> do you know about Ray Boyd? Yeah, I know about Ray Boyd, but the connection you know? to you, no. Me and Ray Boyd worked in the mall for years together. Yo, that's Finish wild. Line. Finish line, yes. <laughs> wow. Ray, all though, the way back. Ray is very quiet about what he is. Yes. So, Amazing connection. Ray Boyd, yes. year, when I tell you guys, years, years. Shouts to Ray Boyd. I love that. I love that he came up. But yes. So that Yeezy team, wow, small world. Small world. I mean, it was a lot of cast. And if you look at the industry now, you see how they've spread out throughout the industry. And they have an impact in so many different brands Shout right out now. to Rachel, too. You know, shout out to Rachel. You see what she's doing with Human Race and Pharrell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cedric Hudson went over to do apparel. Now he's head of uh, VP of men's at um, Fabletics. Jason Grisby's over at Jordan Brand now. It, I mean, Felix is in different places. The all the different people team. on the Easy Team. Yeah. You know, you, you were there when they had like the short-lived Calabasas Design Factory Studio that went super awry. But I was there. Yeah. I was there. I spent a lot of trips going what to Calabasas. What was like one crazy day there? Like in terms of you know we we hear about how crazy it was like working in the peak Easy, yeah. but like give us a example of like a, a day during the week. I'm gonna give you a crazier story. Okay. Um, so when you work on Yeezy, it's, it's day to day. You don't mm-hmm. know what the next day is going to be like. And one of the things that was, would happen is Ye would be like, let's go to Calabasas. I'm sorry. Let's go to Guangzhou and finish these samples. Fly and out so to China. Just fly out to China. Seven days notice. And on this particular trip, we were finishing the 700. We were working on the basketball shoe. And I think we were working on maybe the 500 too. Okay. And... 
what we didn't know was that there were folks going to be joining on this trip. Okay. Uh, and so some of the other folks that joined was definitely Cuddy. They were working on uh, working on the uh, Kissy Ghost. But the most hilarious uh, addition to the trip was Sheck West. Oh and yeah, yeah. He we're said talking he was, about very he, young Sheck West. Okay. He was involved with the Easy Basketball yeah. shoe. He said, he Yeah, because he was a baller. He was a baller. Yeah. So we're in a factory, y'all. And we got all these workers there and you got to be like focused because you're trying to get stuff done because we only got so much time. We're trying to leave with finished samples. Mm -hmm. And he's there with like this Beats pill and like he's playing his song. And he's rapping, live Shaq West, ha. die Shaq West. Like, <laughs> like, in the, in you're the trying to focus in the factory and he's damn near performing the whole time. <laughs> trying to keep the vibes up. Look, Did Kanye like it? Did he like that, young, that energy? He, he, he appreciated the energy, okay. man. But Shaq had a, a lot of opinions. Um, I, you know, so I'm, I worked on the Yeezy team as a product line manager. Okay. So I was on the product marketing side. We're doing rollouts. We're trying to figure out the size of the business. I was working on, um, uh, 350 V2. So the running category, mm -hmm. me and Ray are the one of two, uh, PLMs with a billion dollars under our name. So <laughs> one thing about Ray before, I don't want to interrupt you, but I have to get this out. Ray Boyd, one of the first people with a Techno Marine watch. Techno Marine, <laughs> I remember, he'll remember too. He went to Torno, I couldn't get it. I got it like a uh, like a year later, Ray Boyd had a Techno Marine. I was always he like, damn, fly, sorry. Yo, yeah. No, I need that stat again. Yes. Yeah, me and Ray are, are one of two to have a billion dollars under our name at, at Adidas. So we were working on Yeezy. It was a very you know, slim team. Um, and then we had Lauren Seibold, who, who now works with Rachel over Human Race. She was a part of that team. Um, but we, we we did numbers, you know. We did we did numbers. Goat. Next stop is the Billy. We did Billy. But wow. I'll, I'll tell you another funny story from that trip. So, yay, he likes to hang around the the designers, the the business people, not not so much. Okay. And uh, we were in the room on this trip, and he and I hadn't had that much interaction. Like we've had interaction, but not that detailed interaction. And so I'm there in this room with a bunch of designers, uh, Sarah Sabino and some of the other folks on the team. And we're trying to finish up the 700, trying to get it out the door. Everybody knows it's about to be a massive shoe. And we're there and the designers are all doing photoshops. <laughs> and so he's walking around the room <laughs> and he looks at my looks at my laptop and it's just spreadsheets. Cause I'm like, yeah. let's get to the money. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he goes out the room and then, like, I think Matt George comes to the door. And he's like, Bima. I was like, what? He's like, Kanye said you weren't doing no Photoshops. So he only want Photoshops in the room. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dog, I don't know anything about layers. I was like, damn. So I got kicked out the room, man. Damn. <laughs> damn. The, these stories you can look back on fondly now, but I have to ask about the working conditions being on that easy team. I know all these people... You know, you've talked about, you have, like I said, fond memories with them. They went on to do incredible things. But we've seen so many reports in, in the wake of the Yeezy business falling apart about yeah. how toxic it was and how difficult it was to work under those conditions. I know you've done a lot more in the industry, but just speaking on that, do you agree with those depictions of what it was like working for Ye in the Yeezy business at Adidas? I can't speak for, for everyone's experience, but what I'll say about my own experience was my my challenges came along when slavery was a choice. And it was more so like that's that's Ye's uh, choice to express how he wants to express. That's, that's the his infamous decision. TMZ interview. Yeah the, yeah, the TMZ interview. What I had challenges with was how Adidas decided to handle it mm -hmm. with Adidas employees and the Adidas brand. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's, you know, um, I'm, I'm told 
things are coming out, but essentially it's documented my response to that, mm -hmm. right? And so we had, you know, these this team meeting and I went toe to toe with our leadership on that. And my my question was, how how can you expect me to show up to work and give all that I give to this team, all of my colleagues to this team? If we don't feel like the values that we carry are represented here and you're not saying anything about it otherwise right and so you know we really had to break that down and go into that and so my experience started to deteriorate really mm -hmm. after after that moment and i didn't really uh feel that the brand was displaying what its actual values and, and morals are um, in regards to what do you think about slavery in america and how do you care about who I am and how I have to navigate this world because at the end of the day I'm working for the brand within the brand that's mm -hmm. closing the books and closing you know making sure we hit numbers every quarter so I have to know you care about what it is that I am as a human in order for me to feel like I care about hitting these numbers yeah you know what I'm saying so it was so my experience would start to deteriorate from from there because I just couldn't really get an understanding from the brand what the brand stands for you mm -hmm. know and so um that's actually a part of the process that you know and again you know i try to say like any negative or bad experience can also be a positive experience and that's honestly without that experience i wouldn't have started to think about claim i wouldn't mm -hmm. have started to think about like well hell what else is what else is out there what else can i do you know so that was the beginning of it and after that you went to Nike, like, did that prompt you to leave or? No, I tried Tell to, I tried to stay, I'll be honest. Oh. Um, I tried to stay, I, I did a lot of different things to try to stay, but one of the things that was most interesting uh, that most people don't know is that there's like a 10% aspect of Clayma that was initially pitched to Adidas. Okay. okay? And Adidas punted on it. Okay um at the time and i you know i did this whole tour and spoke to every vp and all the things they asked me to do um but ultimately um it went a different direction was it trying to set up an agency within no it was it was this concept where um for a show where we can have open dialogue with the roster of talent that okay. was in the portfolio but also use it as a, a means to explore these topics that were difficult but also topics that were just fun and exciting mm -hmm. and, and launches and things like that and at the time, um, they no one was really seeing the vision or really listening, you know. And so I didn't, I didn't take it as a as a L. I just figured out, well, let's see how we can do this outside the system on our own. Because a lot of times, what you know, people don't say in these brands is working through a machine can be really difficult. Mm -hmm. But every brand that I've worked for, I've only worked on the outside skirts of the brands, right? So at Saucony, I really worked on most of my career was in collabs. When I got to Adidas, we're talking Yeezy, that's outside of the system. And then Nike, I'm on Nike Entertainment, that's also outside of the system. We never go through the normal protocols that the rest of the businesses would go through because we're trying to get faster. We got, we're working with creative partners who sure. nine times out of 10 worked in music. So you're telling them a sneaker needs to come to market in 18 months. They're like, you're crazy. I could release a song tomorrow that I yeah. recorded last night. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a different approach. So um, I decided it was best to to do it differently. <laughs> I want to go back, and when you left Adidas to go to Nike Entertainment, what you learned from working with the biggest entertainer in the sneaker space, how did that kind of prepare you for Nike Entertainment? Was it similar in terms of like how 
much of like a workload it was, or was the Adidas Yeezy model bespoke compared to anything else? Yeah, it's night and day. You okay. know, Nike's definitely got their their own way of doing things. Uh, night Adidas and has their. <laughs> yeah, there we go. But Phil Knight, Phil Knight, Phil Knight. I knew it was coming. Sorry, I knew it was coming. Sorry, a go little on. late, but it, it was coming. <laughs> no, and, uh, and and Adidas has their way of doing things. You know, Nike. Um, it's it's crazy to get in there and see all of the different folks that work on the different things within Nike Entertainment yeah. uh, that makes it all happen. Like it's so many different folks and shout out to everybody um, that I got to work with there uh, because it, it's it's remarkable. To what see. was one project that sticks out that you really enjoyed Nike Entertainment? Oh, my goodness. Um, working on working on Travis. Travis, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And what uh, was Cactus Jack was was amazing experience. I got to work across the Nike SB uh, drop. I mm. also got to work on uh, the 270 drop. And so you um, hooked him up with McFoley? No, I did not. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't say that. <laughs> but also, you know what was dope was um my last uh, kind of foray with Nike was uh, New York Fashion Week 2020. It was February. It was right before everything right before shut the world, down. Yeah. So I'm sure everybody had COVID then. <laughs> yeah. Was it the big, that, that was at the big, the, the Nike that was a big event. That was a big forum event. Yeah. That was a big forum event. And so, you, you were know, there with Stash and Aerosin. Aerosin. I, I was, you know, we were walking around. It was, it was crazy. But it was also the time that I realized, like, it was, that was such a weird event for me because it was also the time that I had like the big aha moment. Yeah. Which was like, oh, I'm probably going to walk away from all of this. Right. But like, don't kid me not. Like, it was crazy. Like, it was the first time meeting Drake and his whole team. Um, you know, shout out to Gabrielle. Um, it was, it was crazy. It was a crazy time. But literally in that moment, while I thought it was incredible because like we're doing this, the elevator shot that ended up yes. like, yeah, 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 yeah. the yes. freight elevator. Yeah, yeah. the freight yes. elevator shot. And, you know, it's, is uh virgil's there um yeah. and then you got uh billy eilish you got Aerosmith, you got matthew uh, williams matthew right? williams mm -hmm. like rosalia um travis is there you got all these people there and it was a beautiful moment and then like all i'm thinking about is like man i kind of want to go do my podcast but, but how do you walk away from that because you're a person who, who grinded all the way to this position and then you're here at Nike and you have what sounds like from the outside one of the cooler jobs at Nike where you get to interact with all job. these gigantic stars and produce mm -hmm. cool product. Yeah. How do you decide to give that up? It goes back to purpose. And my purpose had changed from the time when I was, you know, the the nine year old that that has, you know, you know, Jordan threes and then, you know, goes to having, you know, Concord elevens to like becoming a 33 year old at that point 18 year old me is ecstatic mm -hmm. yeah and i'm like i could have all the sneakers in the world and i'm hanging out with all these incredible people and this is dope but what i couldn't figure out for me was like how does this impact the kids that grow up in louisiana like me and the reason that was on my mind was because a homegirl of mine had said yo you're doing all these dope things we don't know how you got there or how you do that and so it really was like, there was a disconnect. Like it was dope, it was flashy and I loved it. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I'm still like the same cat once, once the sneakers, you know, anytime I get an airship from, from James and yeah. the crew, I'm putting Excited. them on, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Um, or, or if I get some from whoever, like Joe Fresh, all the guys, like mm -hmm. I love it. But there, if I can't connect it back to kind of more of a, um, a fulfilling side of it, where I feel like this information is helping somebody beyond just buying a sneaker. Can I help them, you know, figure out their creative project? Can I help them put some money in their pocket? Can I help them make their day-to-day -day better? 
um, then it's a disconnect for me. And the thing that was happening with Clayma that I didn't realize because it was so new and like I this has started before I got to Nike, it was this duality happening. So I'm at Nike, I'm in my dream job and it's like crazy. I'm getting all these experiences like, you know, I could hit Aerosmith now, we could still rap, you know, which is so dope or or, or you know, or Yoon, like mm-hmm. really genuine relationships. But then like I got these kids in Ghana that are hitting me on Instagram saying Hey, I just heard this interview that you did, you know, with, uh, you know, with uh, Frank Cook, yeah. and this is my first insight deep dive down into like how these things work, and I was like, oh wow, like in real time, like I can actually impact and help. People. And I bet you got a similar feeling, even probably more of a validating feeling from that DM compared to the freight elevator. Yeah. image yeah it's also like that image to me you know it seems like what you're describing is like you're looking at it as like a kind of a point where you're like it it may never be like this again and now it's time for me to kind of go on my own i mean does it get better from that you know what i mean yeah, like I it's, think, it's everybody in one place right it's is virgil you it's know like rp to verge and it's yes. like this is like wow like that's yeah. <laughs> you know it's massive and then coming off of yeezy does it get the yeah. bigger yeah I, th- I think it's interesting though because you know I know we kind of like skimmed over it at first, but you start at Saucony, right? And Saucony's having a bit of a resurgence now, but you were there when the company had its first sort of resurgence in, yeah. the, in the collaboration space. I mean, well, do you think about it? When I got the Saucony in 2013, no originals is bubbling, right? Yeah. Bodega's doing a lot of Packer a lot of work. Had a couple projects, right. you do like yeah. Packer, and extra butter where I met Jason. Mm. Yeah, you know, uh, Foot Patrol is doing projects. Mm-hmm. When I came in, it was just Mike Hughes. Um, uh, shout out to Mike. Without Mike and and and, and Sean and, and Chris, like we're not sitting here having this conversation because they allowed me to come in, and with no proven experience in a professional sense, but all street smarts, they allowed me to come in and start to impact things. And so when I was there, the next year that business was thirteen million. Because of Mike, I was coloring up grid 9,000s, and we ended up doing double digits in 2015 in Foot Locker, and they were like, we hadn't done this in years. And so by the time I get to the time where I'm leading it, it goes from 13 to 50 million, and, like, Originals is a thing. Like, it's a, a business mm-hmm. that, like, Saucony Wolverine cares about. And I'm, like, 30, and I don't have a clue as to what the hell I'm doing, but <laughs> I'm excited about it. Um, and it, it's just crazy to me to think, like, to have those different experiences in this industry, but they did happen fast. And I wonder if they happened slower, would I would I be thinking about my career differently? But yeah. you know, in the way that it happened to Adidas, it kind of happened to my career. Like I got a lot of these things um, in a short amount of it was time. Like boom, boom, boom. It's yeah, all. it was like hot moments at the right time, but I've been working my ass off for years to get there, but it, like, it was all kind of happening and all did, at once. You did the pumpkin spice latte shoe? <laughs> I did do pumpkin spice latte the pumpkin latte spice shoe. girlies? <laughs> at Sockety, that the was like SD. A... We worked with uh, Maura Cunningham on those. She did the leg work on it. Um, and she and I have a, you know, we worked together. We worked together. That was well. like a viral shoe at the time. It was. Uh, it pumpkin went, spice it season went. right now. <laughs> you see, you saw it all across like Vogue, Fashionista. Yeah, Cosmo picked it up. Nice. It was crazy. I was like, we didn't expect that. But it was great. <laughs> but th- then you go, you know, you do that, you go away, but now you come back to, to Saucony. How, like, validating was it that, you know, it's like the, the store, like the prodigal son, like you come back <laughs> home and now you have a different, like, literally a different seat at the at the table, you know? You know, I, I, I like the way that I show up now a lot more because mm-hmm. I feel like a, a partner, right? Yeah. I feel like it's, it's business to business, B2B um, versus me trying to work my way up as, as an employee. 
um, it feels surreal if I'm being honest with you, um, because you never think when you go out to do your own thing, especially three years after starting that thing, that you'd be able to come back into the industry in this way and have the support in, in this way. Um, it's been, I'm still processing it. Probably you could tell as we, as we talk about it right now, but you know, for me, Saucony always resonated because I've always felt like that underdog. And Saucony doesn't necessarily get too much of the, the mm -hmm. credit, even when they do a lot of consistent good yeah. projects. And a lot of the people are still there. Andrea Paulson, um, Andrea Paulson, um, I worked with, she's always been um, in the product side. And she was the first person that let me come in. And like, she taught me how to use Illustrator. She allowed me to work on the Diction Trainer, which became this thing called the Lodge Pack, mm -hmm. um, based off of the Yucatan. Y'all remember Yucatan brand, the backpacks? They had like these wool backpacks with like the leather trim on them. Yeah, you know yeah, that? yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Were, they were great. He's an outdoorsman, um, so. It's, it's, it's good, <laughs> man. And, um, you know, so they, I get to go back and I get to see all of them as I'm walking through, you know, the campus. And um, a lot of them are just like, it's, it's been amazing to see what you've been able to do since since you left. Mm. Um, and it's just a lot of admiration. And, and also because I really run, you know, so that's the other reason I love the brand is like, I'm really a runner. Plus, I love I can tap into the heritage at the same time. So it's been it's been a great experience and got to work with a friend from New Orleans, John Humphrey, being a Boise, he helped design yeah. this colorway. So it's been really dope to, to have that moment. One thing I want to ask you, you would know this. I always hear like, when you're working for one of the big brands, whether it's Nike, Adidas, you know, you've had conversations like, you know, I think I don't want to speak for everyone, but like, I think in this industry working for like a Nike or an Adidas is a semi dream for most people in this industry. Absolutely. And you flirt, you flirt with it during your career. I know that like I have, yeah. but one thing that was always like a direct message was like, if you want to make it, you have to move to Portland for these brands. How true do you think that is? It's 100 percent true. Um, and why? It's it's proximity. Okay, is what I tell everyone. The this industry is all relationships. Mm -hmm. You can be as amazing at anything that you 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 want to do, but if you're going to get in, and you can get recruited from the outside. I got recruited from the outside. Okay, not a lot of people know that. I got recruited because of a community I built in Louisiana online, right? Mm -hmm. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Saucony was reaching out. Brooks was reaching out. Uh, Adidas was reaching out. I got recruited in that way, but they didn't say you could stay in Louisiana. They said, are you going to move to Boston yeah. to help run social media? So it, it, it was a trade-off, right? And that's, that's a hard thing to leave home. I think for anybody to, to leave where you're from to go for a job is a huge difference. If you're going to be in the industry, you have to be willing to do that because the business happens in Portland. It happens in Boston, and sometimes it happens in L.A., right? Yeah. We're, we're seeing some of these campuses. And New York, up. right? And New sometimes, York. yeah. Mm -hmm. But you, you're, you're going to have to move because that's where everyone is. That's where the product is. That's where the mm -hmm. plans are. The agency's coming to town there. Why do you think Widen is in Portland? It's not somewhere else mm -hmm. because their client is Nike. They want to be where their client is. Uh, so it, you're going to have to figure out how you make that change, and you got to build relationships. I could run into anyone at any dinner at any point in time in Portland without trying wow right that's, that's really interesting because like everyone is always like oh new york you know you go out and you go to dinner you see you may see someone you know but it's like really like that portland's small yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you will see everyone in a single night do you like if you know there? who you're looking for do you <laughs> Which, like it i do i love it yeah i love being able to run into people you come into town running to you actually sometimes we do we always see each other when i'm in town but sometimes yeah. we do just run into each other sometimes well. we do like yeah. what miami we ran into each other i didn't i didn't know you yeah. were gonna be there so that was dope 
do you feel like I, I put this out there like a while back where I felt like when you see the emergence of these smaller brands, a Saucony and New Balance, a Mizuno, et cetera, <laughs> the companies are so much smaller than a Nike or Adidas. And yep. I feel like from at least from our space or a Solomon, et cetera, you get to know the employees more behind the brands because there's so, so, small. F- so few of them, but it almost feels like the employees at those brands or the collaborators really get to drive where the companies are going because it's almost their vision instead of just being a cog in this big Nike machine mm-hmm. where you just have a you know a function at some point. Do you feel like that's why these brands have been able to come back? Yeah, they have like yeah. passionate employees that really like push they're entrepreneurs. It. Yeah, you know if 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 those brands are thriving, it's likely because of one or two people who have a vision and they're convincing leadership and their colleagues to to support them. But their 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 colleagues have like all these other business priorities. So what they're doing may be slightly adjacent to what the rest of the brand is doing. So internally, they are entrepreneurs that are trying to figure it the hell out. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to figure out what resources they can, and they're likely don't have a lot of the support that the other parts of the brand have, right? And so they may not have dedicated marketing, they may not have dedicated sales. I know they don't have dedicated budget, right? So they're literally trying what they can. And so a lot of times that's how collaborations become such a focal point is because it's not as much of an upfront investment, right? The money comes on the back end where everybody gets paid through the sales of the sneakers. And so if you can work with, say, what Jay does with with, with J Tips, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's been beautiful to see how that relationship has been able to 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 help the brand. When you look over at New Balance and the strategy they've been running since 2014, mm-hmm. consistently really growing with different creators. Like the reason for that is because like you're not going to get a 10 million, 50 million, 100 million marketing budget, right? You're not going to get the budget to have a 70 team, 70 person team headcount. Mm-hmm. So they're like, how can we do this externally to, to to try to grow it? But they're entrepreneurs. I mean, when I was there, we're very entrepreneurial. I had a very small team when I worked at Saucony, but we got a lot done. Um, one of the best things i think we did was this focus on on digital it was at the time when sneaker brands were not touching youtubers they were not touching youtubers mm. at all oh it you was, did that big youtube sneaker we collection. had a whole yeah. whole program around youtubers we gave them their first collabs you mm-hmm. know tony d two wow bull uh, uh t blake yeah. you know um it was so many of these different cats that were were incredible and i was like yo what if we we gave them their own projects they're already talking about us it was 2015. We're not competing with Rihanna at Puma. We're not competing That's with smart, Ye. Man. We're not competing with Drake. So I was like, cool, let them have the top tier. Let us go touch this market that no one else is touching. Yeah. And then, you know, a year later, Adidas is running the program and somebody else is running the program. And <laughs> you copied your homework? I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I feel like those small brands <laughs> always win like that. You know, Leo at Reebok was doing similar things where yeah. you can you can be sooner on on smaller entities and, and be cutting edge in that way. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. By the way, I don't want to leave this out. You were talking about earlier in the program, all the things you got going on this weekend. One of them is you're also running the Portland Marathon to take it back to Portland real quick. Are we wearing Sauconies for that? Yeah, we may have a, a, a PE that's, that's coming oh, out. Oh, <laughs> A PE. A Portland exclusive? I'm running in the Endorphin Pro 3. <laughs> did, oh, yeah. Did you, did you just Pro drop 3. that? I'm sorry. We can't, we can't skim <laughs> over Joe LaPuma saying. I'm not saying it again. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, All right. I, I mean, that's the exciting part for me about working with Sockin is that I can 
I can authentically go across both sides now, right? I can go into the performance world because I'm actually going to be running marathons and I can go and into you're a real the runner. And I'm a real runner. I'm not running for time this marathon, though, Brendan. I'm <laughs> running to finish. Being humble. I'm not trying to qualify for Boston. I'm going to finish. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I just okay. want to finish. But, um, you know, that's the exciting part to me is like I've, I've always felt like this kind of, in ways, been a, the outsider when we look at, at sneakers because a lot of times running has not been a part of the community, but it's becoming that way. Like a lot of creatives are are running now, which is actually quite dope to, mm -hmm. to see and they're being vocal about it. But I don't know too many that actually are running and doing the performance product mm -hmm. at the at the same time. And mm -hmm. so it's a to me it's a unique opportunity for us to be able to do that authentically. Um and I'm very excited about that. But these endorphins are crazy. Okay. That's all I'm gonna say. Do you have you don't have a time in mind at all for the Portland mm -hmm. Marathon? No, man, you, I'm exhausted. You, I feel like I put him? that out there. Yeah, you want me to say you come run. No, no, no. I mean, I, I like to know these Portland stories not only from a selfish standpoint because, you know, I'm originally from out there, but also your place in the industry is so interesting to me being in Portland and operating within these sneaker brands because Clayma is about, to some extent, highlighting people of color creators and, you know, people who don't usually have these voices or these seats at the table. So I want to know kind of more about your experiences being a black man in Portland or in the yeah. sneaker industry and how hard it is to see people who look like you or find your community, whether it's in the industry or in Portland specifically. I mean, I'll give you a, a perfect example. So when I was at Saucony, I was, we're in the building owned by Wolverine. So it's the Boston brands. You mm -hmm. got Spear, you got Kids, and you got Stride Right at the time in Saucony. I'm the only black professional in that building. It's like 400 people, mm -hmm. right? And so that comes with its own set of challenges. When I left and went to Adidas, it was my first time ever in my professional career in sneakers seeing hundreds of black people and brown people mm -hmm. that worked in the space, right? And so initially it was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. Later you'd be like, well, why are we not in leadership? But that's a whole nother story. Mm, sure. Um, but so what that did for me was just like, wow, like we're actually here. This is not an anomaly. Like I, I, I belong in this space, but... It also, as I started to realize, like it was kind of bare minimum in a way, I was like, well, why don't, why aren't we here? Why don't we know? And what I would start to realize is that a lot of folks in my community just didn't have exposure to a lot of the stories or that the fact that, you know, Dwayne Edwards was a designer at Jordan Brand or the fact that Wilson Smith existed or what James Whitner is building with mm -hmm. uh, the Whitaker group. Yeah. They, they didn't know these things were happening or, you know, Melody Asani, like what, like, you can do a lot of these different things, but you got to understand how they started, what resources they had, what support they have. And so that's why I think it's so important to tell these stories. Like I didn't, my parents were chemical plant workers. My mom saw me drawing sneakers in elementary school and thought I was nuts because she's never met a single person in her life that was able to pay their bills doing that. Mm -hmm. And so in ways, you know, my career had been <laughs> resistance to having to go down this traditional path. Like I remember my first job was like at an insurance company and I hated every second of it. I was 15. I've been working mm. since I was 14. Wow. Claim and adjuster. I'm just saying, man, I was, you, you want you me to like come? That? You know, that's, <laughs> that's why you think the word claim is important. Let's go, let's go, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> so man, so um, to, to be able to work in the space, it took a lot. Like it yeah. took a lot of me bumping my head and not having folks that could tell me what and how to get to these places. So I feel like my, my job is to figure out how to cut that time in half mm -hmm. for, for other people. And what, it doesn't matter the age. You can decide to pivot a career no matter what age you are. 
But if I can also impact, you know, this generation coming up and also my peers, you know, I got yeah. so many peers that come up to me that want to switch careers. They, they may want to go the entrepreneurial path. And that's why I think these stories are so important because it gives them the insights into how, they, how we do it. And like you listen to our show is like, it's, it's hella detail when it comes down to like how you, how you can make these things real. And I try to encourage a lot of guests to give real facts. So if I can get into numbers, I try to get into numbers too, because yeah. you know, it doesn't happen fast, right? It, it, it happens slow in any career, whether that's a professional career or entrepreneurial career, it does not happen fast. <laughs> it, it happens quite slow. Do you ever try and convince people not to go into the sneaker industry? Because you've done it. You know, you spent the years at Adidas, at Nike, and Sockety, and maybe you might realize or think sometimes it's not all it's cracked up to be. I'll just say it's not for me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I Everybody's got to go their own path. Don't mm. get me wrong. Like, the one thing that I will, I will say about my like, is it actually fun, you know? like I think, yeah, it's absolutely fun. And, and it, it depends on, on where you're at and, and where you are, right? Like, don't get me wrong. Like, you think about brands like, brands we may not typically talk about, but like, a hey do for example that was acquired by crocs i gotta mm -hmm. imagine they're having a, a blast mm -hmm. i have to imagine they're having a blast probably, they growth. make so much money right they now they make so much money I, it's so one of those brands I know where it's like, what is the brand i'm sorry hey, hey, dude. Yeah. i just You've i just nodded it. like yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, what that you, is. it's one of those things i what is it i was having a conversation with someone about it recently it's like one of the bigger sneaker brands right now and you're like I don't know anyone. You don't know anyone who wears it, but then you see Massive. the shoe. Yeah, it's like every fifty-year-old white guy at the yes. gas station is wearing that. Is wearing that shoe. It's yes. a two billion-dollar company. And then you think about on running massive growth, yeah, right? Yes. They just talked about what Roger Federer's These are the uh, investment yeah. is. You <laughs> trying to pull them up? Um, you know, there's got to be when brands are making money. It's it's typically a great experience when you're working there because there's so many opportunities. People are getting bonuses. People can you know go explore and try different things. You know, you can make mistakes. Um, but also, I would say is the network that I built by working at these different companies. Yeah. All of those folks support me still to this day. You know, one last thing that I've been thinking about uh, recently, um, when you talk about getting into the sneaker industry, yeah. and you know, because worked retail for all these years, and, or I did, and one of the the things that people, I think, originally get into the sneaker industry or get into retails because they want free shoes, right? <laughs> or they want to get access to shoes, they want discounts to shoes. But I always felt like if that was your end game, hmm. you're either going to be disappointed or it's going to be short lived because it's if you're solely working someplace just so you can get sneakers instead of being fulfilled by the work or the job itself, then yeah. it's not going to work out in the long run. Is that it's fleeting? Yeah. You know, it's anything that you start to get consistently over time will mm -hmm. start to lose its its allure. It's like getting a new car. You love that new car for three weeks and then you stop cleaning it. <laughs> like sneakers can kind of happen like that in a way i'm not saying it's not exciting for sure because there are yeah. always going to be projects where mm -hmm. you're like oh my god like i need to have these right now like that's always going to happen like when we worked at yeezy when we were working on the 700s every every single one of us that worked on that shoe was like no i need these i yeah. need these now yeah but what could happen is like once you start to get stuff often you can start to not be as uh, appreciative of it and then you start to having to go down the path of like wait why am i why am i here i'm here for free sneakers there's got to be more than free sneakers like if you don't love the work itself if you don't love the work there's no point in going you have to love the work because it's not going to always be free sneakers it may be a thousand and one samples yeah iterations and that is not necessarily the funnest part 
because you may feel like, yo, we're done. Like yeah, this is we're done, done here. Done. We're yes. done. This here. is but done. And we're going to the next sample. We talked about the forum event a lot. Have you did you get to interact with Virgil during those years? And what was it like as him like the nucleus of that group essentially? Man, um, you know, I I got a little bit of interaction with Virgil there, but I got more interaction with him when I was able to interview him through a project with Converse. Mm -hmm. And everything they say about Virgil is is yeah. true. Mm -hmm. um, just an incredible, creative, super humble. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the thing that I love about his process, and I also observed it with, with him and Ye, is that explore all of the ideas. And that's something that you see when we, you know, we went to the, the exhibit last year in Miami. Mm -hmm. You got to see all of the ideas versus editing things down. It's like try every single idea. Yeah. And that's what I, you know, now it's like, I do a better job of asking like, well, can we try this? Can we try this? What about this? Versus just like taking an answer right off the bat, because that's not necessarily going to be the right thing. And don't accept no. Yeah. A lot of times it's not no. It's just like in that moment, it may not work, but you have to be able to be patient or decisive to know that. Virgil, also what he unlocked for possibility. Yeah. Just like seeing the breath um, and the way that he would work. And how kind he was to people. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have stories about him like going off on people. He was always extremely kind, extremely patient, and I, I, I believe that that shows, and that's the legacy that will live on. Well, I get asked this a lot, you guys, I'm sure too. You could work in this industry, you could do so many different things, but the most consistent question I get is, uh, when are you going to get your own shoe? And I'm always <laughs> like, it's not, you know, it's not going to, or or is it a dream to work on your own mm -hmm. shoe? Talk about the feeling of getting your own shoe. We just went through all your history yeah. and you've bounced around with brands and now with the agency and you know, you're know you in media. Yeah. What's it like getting your own shoe though? Man, it, the best part about getting your own shoe is being able to share it with the people that helped you get here, mm. right? And so I remember my days camping out. I remember my days working in, in boutiques. Yeah. Um, and you know one of those people that was in line with me is is my friend john humphrey and john and i are are just these super fans and we would go to you know the shop called ruckus uh down in, in baton rouge shout out to ronnie and we always dreamed of this moment mm -hmm. you know but it's taken years for this moment to happen and so when jason uh, agreed to do the project the first call i made was like hey I could do this by myself and it could be horrible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, would you would you help me uh, bring this to life? Because I know it means something to you. And, you know, I always say like sneakers will always be a part of me. But my main thing now, as you said, it is media like sneakers mm -hmm. is no longer my main thing. It is John's main thing. And I felt like the best thing that I could do um, for my friend is to bring him into this project. Um, and now it's a, a representation for, you know, not only all of the creatives and, and and what that means to them, but it's also back to home. I want to make sure like folks knew that, yo, I know it's taken a while. I know we've done different things, but like you can literally do this. And I know it's like, it's not the easiest thing, but it just means so much to, to know that I didn't do it in a selfish manner. It's not about me. It's actually about, about the community. Um, and that's why I appreciate this so much. Um, and the fact that it's just a lot of like full circle things kind of happening yeah. all at one time. Uh, but it's a dream come true. Like this is this is one of the things I've always wanted to do uh, forever. And to not ever have a clear path to get here to figuring out, you know, Pandora's box is, mm -hmm. is fire. It's a good moment. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I got to add another question. I think we'd <laughs> kick ourselves if we didn't ask about this. 
No, I got more. <laughs> oh, <do you? laughs> yeah. Well, this is this. Uh, I'm glad that I, I, I don't, you probably have it, but you talk about media. Mm-hmm. You have multiple interviews with a subject who is super rare to get an interview with. Tyler, the creator, <laughs> someone whose taste level is very, very superior right now. Yeah. What was it like interview? Not interviewing him, but how he talks about product and like spending time with him. You know, the great thing about Tyler is he's authentically passionate. He's mm-hmm. not a passive creator. He's not just signing off on things. He's involved in every part of that process. Um, so he gets genuinely excited. And I remember when we were getting ready to do the Paris interview last year, he was um, he had just received one of the cuts for the, the, the commercials that they were working mm-hmm. on. And, you know, typically folks could be a little bit cagey about sharing that type of stuff, but he genuinely wanted the, the feedback. Mm-hmm. And so I remember him like, He'd tired, he'd been traveling. He's like, but yo, bro, come look at this, come watch this. And his excitement just excites you. But he's also like cares about the quality. He knows, right, about what he's making. He knows the vendors, he knows the suppliers, he knows the the materials. Mm And that part to me is where I can I can level with him because I'm like, yo, I worked on these things. So like that's exciting to me that you actually know what's going on. Yeah. Right. And, you know, he was very honest about like why he partnered with Converse. Right. He had um, he had tried to do his own thing before mm-hmm. and Pharrell had connected him with the, the Converse team. And then he ended up doing the Converse. He's like, you try to do his own. He's like, it's really hard to make a, a shoe and a last. I was like, yeah, 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 that 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 goes missed over a lot of people like trying to get a shape is the hardest part of the process like you know the rest of the design yeah that's 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 hard as well but a shape could mess up an entire sneaker (laughs) like and next time you know everybody can do it and not everyone can do it it takes a really skilled right um developer to do that uh matt wakefield is one of the best developers i've ever worked with in my life and he's one of those people that can get shape where does he work better than anyone he's over at adidas Mm. um but and we worked on on Yeezy together, so like Matt's shaped so many of those products. So Tyler, you know, I think that part is what I love. But I also love the fact that he's the same person throughout every yeah. part of your interaction with Tyler. Yeah. Whether it's him pulling up in his in his in his in his BMW yeah. to him like after interviews taking like an hour to like speak to all of the kids that are there and take yeah. pictures. Um, He's one of my favorite out right now, um, and Definitely. I'm genuinely looking forward to the next project. The best. Awesome. Yeah. I got I got to ask one more thing on the Yeezy tip. I know we're hammering you with Yeezy question to an extent, <laughs> and I know that anybody who has Yeezy on their resume somewhere gets hit up nonstop about this thing, but this is a current topic and relevant. I'm yeah. sure you saw this last week. Adidas CEO Bjorn Golden was on a podcast, and it, it felt like he was speaking very freely and not mm-hmm. thinking that carefully or being that calculated about mm-hmm. his responses. And he asked about Yay, and the deterioration of the partnership and all the anti-Semitic comments. And his response was, quote, very unfortunate because I don't think he meant what he said and I don't think he's a bad person. It just came across that way. And, and that meant we lost that business, one of the most successful collapse in history. <laughs> kind of this weird <laughs> comment and Adidas comms had to make a statement right afterwards saying we haven't changed our position on Yay. And then the CEO of the Anti-Defamation League said that they spoke to Adidas CEO <laughs> Bjorn Golden and said that he apologized for the comment. You being on the outside now, or maybe you still talk to people who are involved in these things, but was that just an off-the-cuff comment? A lot of people receive these things as Adidas leadership trying to test the waters for bringing that back one day. Do you just have any response <laughs> to that or how that could even happen? So you're 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 like me. Anytime I hear comments like that, I'm like, oh, we're trying to test the waters. You think? I mean, why, why else would you make the comment? There's yeah. no benefit to, in my opinion, to, to making the comment yeah. in order to kind of test and see what the public thinks about the statement. 
So I, I have no idea. I haven't asked anyone, but that's just my sentiment around it. I, I just I don't feel know like how you could to test, the, yeah. test the waters. And if you're if you're a leader like that, you have to be as calculated as possible with everything you say. So everything. if you say something, it has I, I to mean something. I didn't right? know if it was one of those weird, like he was almost trying to appease the, you know how there's always people in the comments nowadays <laughs> who are saying, who like the Kanye supporters still? And yeah. There's so many more of them than you even think. You probably even get people who's saying stuff now where they're like, "Oh, why are you hating on Ye? He's yeah. so whatever, yada yada yada." And I didn't know if that was like some sort of message to say, "Hey, we still aren't going to work with Kanye, <laughs> but we don't want you to think that we're just stealing his designs and making money off of it. So we're going to throw this little thing out there." That's how maybe I took it, but no, I think I think it's a primer. I think it's a prime, and it could be in that regard. It could be a primer because they want to. They still trying to see if they can release shoes without the Yeezy branding on them, mm. or you know, it's a primer for maybe they want to go another direction. But I, I'm always a little cynical with, with things like that. I was like, sure. you can't. You're not just saying that just to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the most important shoe, your shoe. Yes, this yes. is the shoe we should be yes. closing this out on. Absolutely, they release tomorrow. They release tomorrow. Claimastories.com, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard. Yes. <laughs> Saucony 3D Grid Hurricane. Yes, yes. By John Acevedo and Colorway by John Humphrey. Okay. <laughs> Look, from from waiting in line to your own shoe. Yeah. Congratulations, man. I appreciate it, fellas. Yes. Thank I wish I could be here. with you guys this weekend. I'll FaceTime you though. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll okay. see you. FaceTime in. Some form. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bima, do you want to you want to show off the shoes? You have the shoes yeah, here I with got, you, right? I Before we go, be, let's see them. I got remiss. shoes. I got shoes. I got shoes. Let me uh let me bring these out. To not you do know. a little bit of an unboxing. You know, just a, a little bit. Uh, got the Wolverine Silky Sway coming out the box, you know. Most importantly. You gonna get me, Odell a uh, pair? You know, uh, <laughs> I need to. <laughs> you know? But yeah, man, these are these are the kicks. Uh, we went simple, you know. John had this vision. He uh, took some inspiration from my my uniform as well. He said, You're, you like simplicity, you like clean. I was like, yeah, I want to show off the design of the, of the sneaker, right? And so uh, we went Wolverine Silky Suede. We went off-white. Uh, one thing that did happen in the final sample approval when I went to um, Saucony, uh, we had this tag initially on the tongue. It was, you know, typical branded tag mm -hmm. or whatnot. And um, I just decided to exacto knife it off because I just wasn't happy with it. Okay. And I was like, I you feel like it Virgil. looked cleaner. I yes. just took it off, man. <laughs> so that, that happened. That's why that doesn't exist there. And then the satin liner is actually um, a nod to to a, a mentor, so it's a nod to James. James had the the satin on on the threes, on, on the threes and um, does he know that? Does he know uh, he that does that's a reference now? Okay. Shout out to James. Yeah. And then we put Portland on the back because Clayma got his start in Portland, and mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure we show love there. And um, you may or may not hear it here first, but this might be part one of a second oh. story. Oh, so okay, <laughs> okay, to be continued. Global to be continued. exclusive. Yeah. Awesome. Congratulations, man. Uh, very happy for you. Make sure everyone gets those tomorrow, 9 a.m., claimastories.com. Yeah. By the way, are we going on a little break after this one? We are. And, and you know, I'm not going to throw you guys under the bus, but you guys are traveling a little bit. So. <laughs> we are. We're popping okay. out to Malaysia. And so we won't see. be here to record. And we're going to Portland as well. Yep. So. Y'all coming yes. to the event. But, Two uh, weeks off. Yeah, two weeks off. Then we'll be right back. Yeah, headed and out to Oregon. The good thing is we, we left you with a lot of bingeable episodes. So lots lots in the archives. Yes. And you can always go check out the Claim Stories podcast as well. Come Absolutely. show us some love. Also, oh, oh, sorry, one, one more 
thing. Did you guys see the college football game? Did, did, oh, did he waited for the weekend? last second to get well, that in. I knew in. this was coming. I was like, is no, it no, where was it? He buried the, the lead. No, it wasn't a big game. It's just Colorado. It's Oregon playing Colorado. A lot of people wow. think that's like a big game or like a big deal on the schedule. When Oregon plays Colorado, that's not a big deal. It's just another game to, you know, just cross off the list. So, yeah. Lil Baby was performing with Anthony Edwards. Or would you have the, ga- the, the yeah, game on there? Like, yeah. yeah, I watched the whole game. I mean, I didn't need to watch the whole game. Damn. You know, wow. But I was watching it all. On my we phone. knew he was wow. going to get it in. You know. Man, shout out to Dion. Why? I can't For take what? this Who? heat. For what? Hey, shout out to Dion, man. What? Got to show him love. Such all the Oregon in conference play. Such wow. an Oregon fan. Man. Yeah. <laughs> talking, you were talking that, you were talking that shit. <laughs> didn't were. have to. I, I showed it on my IG stories. I asked Tinker about that many months ago. Do I, I might even have the Tinker Hatfield quote here for you. I was, I was saying, I, I was saying, are we worried about that Tinker? And Tinker told me, "Quote, we'll be all right." I think Dion may help turn the program around, but it takes a while. It takes a while. Damn. Even if he does, we aren't letting up. Our foot's not going off the gas pedal. Oh, okay. Same thing Dan Lanning told him at halftime. Anyways, oh, wow. Anyways, okay. all gas, wow. no bricks. You know, gas. just just another. Did he text Tinker game. after? I haven't yet. Oh. You, you were right. You were right, OG. You don't. You don't, you don't, you don't FaceTime him right now in the pods. No. He answers. You can try. Not sure he'd pick no. up. All right, listen, we're going to be off for two weeks. Hope everyone has a great weekend. We will be back before you have a chance to miss us. Bima, thank you so much for joining. Appreciate it. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Please like, subscribe, comment. We will see you in two weeks. Our producer is Jillian Hardman Webb. Our supervising producer is David Matthews. Audio editing done by Haley Choi. Research and graphics from Sean Villavincencio. The Complex Sneaker Show is a production of the Complex Podcast Network.